Good Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonsack, and welcome to episode 45 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, October 17th. 2019, almost Halloween, almost end of the year. Holy cow. Uh, what are you reading? I want to know. Let me know. Uh, right now, I'm not really reading too much because I've been writing. I've been trying to finish some projects that I will be talking about soon on the show, but not quite yet. So uh, right now, I haven't been reading much. Uh, after last week, I think I finished most everything I was reading last week. So if you are on Instagram, Go over to Instagram and tell me what I should be reading. And you'll find me at Instagram.com uh, slash books underscore cubed. And if it's your book, if it's somebody else's book, I don't care. I just want some recommendations. So go on over there after you listen to the show and let me know. So today I have got Tom Fowler, who writes the C.T. Ferguson Mysteries. And uh, you'll like this interview. You'll like his books. I think there's like five or six of them now. I've forgotten, but there's a lot and they are fun to read. I'm going to read you the description from the first one, which is called The Reluctant Detective. It's CT's first case. He wants an easy one. Instead, he gets Alice. CT Ferguson spent years as a hacker. He lived in Hong Kong working against the Chinese government. Then they found him, threw him in jail, and eventually kicked him out. In Baltimore, C.T. sets himself up as a private investigator. Then Alice walks in. She's sure her husband is cheating on her. C.T. looks into it, but isn't convinced. He soon discovers Alice has serious problems of her own. When her troubles get even worse, C.T. finds his own life in danger. With a, with a liar for a client and enforcers hounding him, can C.T. prevent his first case from becoming his last? And that was fun. I recommend that one and all of his books, actually. But let's get right to the interview, and I'll see you after. And I'm going to read his bio real quick. So, oh, welcome, Tom. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> nice to have you here. Really, I didn't forget that you were there. Uh, so I'm going to read your bio real quick. Tom Fowler was born and raised in Baltimore and still resides in Maryland. He's the author of the C.T. Ferguson novel and novella series, which are all set in his home city. At the age of seven, Light young Tom wrote a murder mystery in which no one died. The story gave him the writing bug, however, and he's been putting pen to paper and fingers to keys ever since. When not working or writing, Tom spends time with his family and relatives reading sports, movies, and writing brief bios in the third person. I like that. Thanks. So you've got how many books in the CT series now? Uh, there are six novels and three novellas and one box set of each at the moment nice nice i'm just on the second book uh the unknown devil mm -hmm. and uh, i i started to get the uh third one but i see that you're in unlimited i have unlimited and i wanted didn't want to jump pages so mm. it would miss pages and i thought i better get each one individually because i've already read the first one okay so, which I think I bought last year when I first, when I first met you and I, I said, Oh, that sounds really good and got it. And then I just, I don't know. I kept thinking I got to send Tom an email so he can be on the show and didn't do it and didn't do it. And finally I started reading, I was reading the second one last week and went, wait a minute, I haven't talked to him yet. I got to get him on. So tell everybody who who CT Ferguson is. Well, I've been reading a lot of crime fiction and I wanted to, 
write my own, um, but I didn't want to do a lot of the things that have been done before. I didn't want the grizzled ex-cop with a drinking problem. Um, it took me several years to write the first book, so going back a little bit, I didn't want like the Adrian Monk type that has the photographic memory. And I want to do. I'm so bored of those things. Yes. <laughs> right. I wanted to approach it differently, and that led me to all the various weird and unconventional parts of his background. Uh, so he is not from a law enforcement or military background at all, like most private investigator characters are. Uh, he's a hacker by trade, I guess you would say. Uh, and after he finished his master's, he went over to Hong Kong and worked with some hackers over there and was eventually arrested by the Chinese government and thrown in jail and eventually deported back to the United States. And a lot of that is detailed in, I wrote a prequel novella called Hong Kong Dangerous, which is a, a subscriber exclusive. And so the reluctant detective picks up with him back in Baltimore, about to work his first case, entering into the devil's bargain, as he calls it, with his parents. Because they fund his investigations, his work, his work, and he doesn't charge his clients for it. Yeah, and so, what brought you to him being a hacker? Are you a computer person yourself? I am. I've worked in IT for, oh gosh, um, date myself here, about 20 years. Um, and I, I worked, uh, I started out on a help desk like a lot of people probably do. And eventually I moved up to system administration. And I've been in IT security now for, I guess, about the last 11 years or so. So it's a feel, it's something I'm familiar with. Um, so I, it allows me to bring, you know, write what you know, I guess. It allows me to incorporate some things I've done and, and all that. Yeah, he, he feels more authentic. I figure you probably had some kind of computer uh, experience yeah. somewhere in the, in, the, in, the, in the, not necessarily the dark web, but definitely a <laughs> um, little deeper than most of us. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I you're going to read. Yeah. I'm sorry? I play defense in the offense-defense uh, computer war. I'm on the defensive side. Nice, nice. There for us. Yay, our, our <laughs> hero. So uh, which book are you going to read from today? So this is from, hopefully people can see this because the lighting behind me is a little sketchy. This is A March from Innocence. This is the sixth novel in the series. Uh, I'm going to read from the end, or from near the end. And if the perpetrator's name would come up, I'm just going to call him the perp, so I don't give anything away. Oh, thank you. So I'm going to start kind of at the beginning of this scene, and then I'm gonna skip ahead to like in the meat of it. And I think that will show a lot of what CT is about and his relationship with his police detective cousin, Rich, who is in the car. So they are in a car, they are parked near an area in Baltimore called Patterson Park. So I'm gonna pick it up here. I glanced at my watch, 10 minutes until showtime. I sipped my peppermint mocha. Rich enjoyed a plain old coffee. TJ walked into view. She lingered around the pagoda along with a few other people with nothing better to do on a Monday morning. I told her not to wave or draw attention to herself. If the perp smelled a trap, he would leave. What are we doing here? Rich said. Drinking festive drinks, I said. Well, I am at least. You're drinking boring coffee. We could do this anywhere. Your house, my house, the precinct. You should be thankful, dear cousin, I said. For what? You're, you're about to have a front row seat to watch justice unfold. What on earth are you talking about, said Rich. You'll see in a few minutes. Is this something I want to see? I should hope so, I said. I'm going to skip ahead. 
to uh, the skipping about two pages to when uh, the action part of the scene takes place. Coming from the north, the perp walked down Patterson Park Avenue. I spied him before Rich did. The perp walked deliberately, stopping to look around every so often. I sat lower in my seat and noticed Rich doing the same. After a couple minutes of puttering around, the perp entered the park, took in more of his surroundings, and made a beeline for the pagoda. Rich and I both sat up. What's he doing here, said Rich. I imagine he's looking for his next victim, I said. Did you have something to do with this? Rich looked over at me. Why do I feel your fingerprints all over it? I didn't take enough semesters of psych to answer you, I said. The perp saw TJ and approached her. He struck up a conversation. TJ talked to him and did flirty things like twirling her hair around her finger. I watched Sherry Hampton. She and her friends took note of the perp. They moved in his direction. The perp, oblivious, kept chatting up TJ. I wished I could hear what they said. TJ giggled, but I didn't know if she did it to play the part or as a le legit response to the perp's pathetic come-ons. From the perp's right, Sherry Hampton brought her purse back and whacked him in the head with it. The man staggered, but didn't go down. Another bash from a different woman's handbag sent him to the grass. TJ kicked the fallen perp, spat on him, and moved a few steps away. Sherry Hampton's friends formed a circle around the perp. Others at the pagoda suddenly remembered they needed to be anywhere else. What the hell, Rich said. He tried the door and found it locked. Let me out. No way, I said. I'm not kidding. Neither am I. A few women beat the perp with their purses. The rest kicked him. One woman stood to his side and stomped his groin with her high heels. They all yelled at him. I wished again for an audio feed. What is this? Rich said. They're going to kill him. No, they're not, I said. How do you know? He yanked on the door handle again and again. I don't, I suppose. And what if they do? I shrugged. Then I have no doubt eight juries of their peers would acquit them. Your precious system in action. <laughs> I like that. I like how Thanks. he comes after... I don't want to give anything away, but in the first book, he kind of does something similar, but but not exactly similar. But I mm -hmm. like the way he um, has the final showdown with the bad person in the mm -hmm. first book. So yeah, I'm always afraid I'm going to give something away. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> so that one, that's the that's the how many the sixth book? That's the sixth one. Yes. Yeah, and how long's that one been out? Uh, it came out in July. Of this oh, year. so not too long ago. So did, three you, months. did you redo your covers? I was thinking. I did. I'm using a, a different cover artist now. The, this book was actually the first novel to get uh, to work with where I work with a new artist, but I've gone back and redone uh, the fourth book, Already Guilty, and I'm doing the fifth one now. The reason I didn't start with number one is because I already had like a box set of one to three, and I wanted to put out a box set of four to six, so I figured I would redo four, five, four, four and five and get six done and make that box set and then go back and redo the first three. A little out of order, but it made I, sense. No, I, I think I'd do the same thing. And I really like the new cover. They have more right. of the feel of what the book is, of what the, the mm -hmm. style of the writing and, and the style of the, the genre. I really like the cover much, 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 much better. I mean, not the bad. First one wasn't bad, really. No, no, not at all. There's nothing the, wrong with it. I just wanted to go the, more of yeah, you know. Pretty crime thriller vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you a full-time writer? No, no, I'm part-time. Part-time? You want to talk at all about what you do when you're not writing? Uh, I am a federal, I'm a federal civilian employee in the IT security field. 
Oh, okay, so you do still work IT. Okay, mm -hmm. I don't know why I was thinking that you were done with IT and that no. it was like something in the past. Uh, uh, it pays the bills. Was, hopefully well, at know, some point, writing will pay the bills, but for now, Everybody's IT got a computer, so. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good field to get into. It is, absolutely. <laughs> so how long, okay, so you've got the six books in the series. How long did it get to take, take you to get to where you are now? How many years have you been writing CT? Oh gosh, um, let's see, I published the first book in October, September, October of 2017, so about two years ago. Um, but I probably spent five years drafting, uh, drafting that book and you know, redrafting it and changing it and tweaking it and all the things that we writers do before we decide we're actually gonna put a book out. I'm in a local writing group, and I think uh, I think the whole book went through the writing group, uh, you know, a chapter or two at a time because there's a page limit, um, which takes a while when you meet once a month, and you don't. Now I want to submit every time because you know there's other people in the group too, yeah. and so that that took a couple of years right there, um, and, and I got some good feedback, um, but yeah, it probably took me five years from the time I started writing that book to the time I published it, and before that I wrote. Oh, I don't know, maybe 20 short stories, um, most of which were just dreadful. But what they did was they allowed me to find his voice. So by the time I sat down to write a novel, I, I'd established that stuff in my head already. Yeah, well, then you really, um, if 2017 was your first one, boy, you're, you're putting me to shame. I'm just putting <laughs> out my second one soon. It's, it's almost ready to go to the editor. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so then you did five books and some short stories or novellas also then in just those two years. I, I had a couple of the other books written beforehand as well. Okay, um, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've been on new content for a while. Uh, and I, I used to be a pantser and, uh, it was actually the, um, the workers of iniquity. The third book was the last one I wrote without an outline because there was, I got to the point where I was like, what am I going to do? I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'd written myself into a corner. Um, and so I followed the advice of Elmore Leonard. Whenever, whenever you're unsure of what to do, have a man walk in with a gun, uh, which works in crime fiction, probably doesn't work in all genres, but it works in mine. So I went with it. And, but after that, I was like, you know, I can't do this. I can't just at the 75% mark, have a dude walk in with a gun in every book. It's going to be ridiculous. So I, I do brief outlines now that kind of give me a roadmap. And I think that allows me to be more productive in the time I have to write because I know what I'm going to write. Yeah, you know, that, that helps me too. Uh, I come from screenwriting and mm -hmm. if there's so, that's just such a limited amount of space. Every word is so important. And so I was very anal with my outlines with screenwriting. And when I moved to books, um, I was told, oh, you know, you don't really need an outline. You can be more, you know, so it took 10 years to write the first one. So then the second one, I thought, I'll do a little bit of an outline. I thought, I still, everybody keeps telling me I don't need an outline. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I did that for like a while. But of course, I wasn't writing every day. So that's mm -hmm. part of the thing. Now that I'm, I'm trying to be more serious about it, I write every day. And it actually moves a lot faster. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I've got a very detailed, I have all these whiteboards in front of me in my <laughs> office and they're very detailed of every chapter, the things that happen in each one. And wow. so, yeah, that's me now um, getting away from, uh, excuse me, that whole, um, 
you know, that the pantsing, the pantsing thing. And it just, um, it just doesn't work. I'm going to turn my screen up a little because it, it turned itself down. I don't know why. <laughs> Siri's helping me. Thank you, Siri. Um, <laughs> so, so how many more? I've got five more CT books I can read then. And then I've got a couple of short stories. But how far are you going to go with CT? Is he somebody that you see 20, 25, 30 books with? Uh, yeah, as long as people want to want to read them, I'll keep writing them. Uh, it's weird because you know Amazon lists you know it's book two of two, four of four, five of five, whatever. And people, I had readers emailing me, I'm like, why is the series ending? And I'm like, it's not. It's just book six of six because that's all Amazon knows about. You know, yeah. or five of five or whatever it was at the time. They thought the they thought the series was over. I'm like, no, it's you know it's open ended. I you know I have plots for up to number 10. Nice. I've not yet gone beyond there. Um, but uh, number seven is with my editor now. Uh, I've gotten the first 10 chapters back. So I've gotten about a third of it back so far. That I hope to release uh, mid-November. So in, let's say, five weeks or so from, from when we're recording this. Hopefully that'll be out. And then, so then just someone in my house turned the shower on next door. The, my my <laughs> husband in the bathroom, Cheryl Wall, and it's like the world is ending when I hear it. Oh my God, it's really noisy, but I, hopefully no one else can hear it. Sorry, everybody. I can't hear else can. <laughs> well, I have plots out to ten, so I, it, it'll be open ended. I do have other, I do have other books I want to write. I want to uh, start a thriller series. So I think once I get to nine, uh, if everything unfolds as I've outlined or plotted it out that'll be a nice pausing point yeah nine is good because then you have three box sets right yeah and people uh, for me anyway if i get a box set i want three books in it mm -hmm. you know i don't want four it's almost eh, it's almost too much yeah you know? and i saw someone had a six books book series and i thought i'm not going to buy six but i'll buy three mm -hmm. you know it's just it's just a little too much unless it's audio then yeah. the more books that they can pack into it <laughs> The happier I am, and yeah, I don't, I have, I don't have, yeah, I don't have Audible or anything. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, everything that I buy is gonna cost me whatever it costs. Uh, and I right. prefer. Do you have audiobooks for yours? The first one, The Reluctant Detective, is available in audio. The second one is in production. Oh, good. So I'm working. It takes a while because someone has to narrate, and then you've got to listen to it, and then they've got to make changes, and it takes months to do an audiobook. And yeah. Yeah. I, I wish it was faster, but it, I, it's really not, unfortunately. Do you think about, you know, um, if, if anybody out there is a, is a writer that you probably follow, Joanna Penns, uh, mm -hmm. she's a, a creative entrepreneur, she calls yeah. herself, and she talks about um, audio a lot. Mm -hmm. And she talks about doing audio as the author and doing audio yourself. Have you thought about maybe one day doing the audio yourself? I don't know. I think if I wrote nonfiction, I might want to narrate it myself because I think you get more authenticity there. But for fiction, I'm happy to let somebody who's a little more qualified as a voice actor do that part. Yeah, you know, I've done some audio for just samples that I put up on the podcast of myself. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? Because I've got, a, they're an audiobook. So why don't I just grab the chapters? She did a very great job. Have mm -hmm. her do it instead. I don't have to keep hitting pause and starting over again or sitting in my closet for two hours trying to get the mm -hmm. audio sounding good because she has <laughs> right. a studio and all that. So, 
And no, I, I do enjoy if I, I think if I had a room that I could just dedicate to, you know, and didn't share an office wall with the bathroom, right. <laughs> then uh, I might, because I, I like, um, I like, uh, I, I mean, I have it, I hear it in my head a certain way, um, mm -hmm. which is different from the audiobook, but it's not better than the audiobook. I like the way she did it very much, but it might be fun to do it the way I visualize it in my head sometime, but I don't know. It's a lot of work. I think she said, oh God, it was, it was like hundreds of hours to finish and get everything. And it's only six hours long, a six hour audiobook. Yeah, so. I've heard it um, for every finished hour, it's usually three to four hours of actual work. So if it's a yes. seven hour book, it takes 24 or, you know, 20 or 30 hours to yeah, the narrator it's, uh, to actually it It's definitely seven. worth whatever we pay, um, whatever they want to get paid, whatever you want, I'll pay you just so I don't have to do it. Uh, uh, so you're talking about maybe doing other things. Are you going to stay in the same genre of mystery or do you want to move into something different? Uh, the, the other series I want to do would be a thriller. So it would be mystery adjacent, I guess. You know, mysteries and thrillers are often bundled together on Amazon and bookstores and things like that. So it would be in the same space, more or less. But a different character, a different focus. Uh, I have a novella written that I guess I could use as like a subscriber uh, you know, giveaway. And I've written one novel. I've, it's, just been, it's just a first draft so far. I, I haven't sent it to my editor or anything like that. I probably want to have another one in the bag so I, at least I can have a second one come out relatively quickly. So that's certainly a next year project. I mean, we're in October already. It's certainly a next year project at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe it's already October. I know. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I had planned on having the third book in my series out by December, and I'm like, dang, at this rate, I'm going to, you know, just get the second one out. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's supposed to, I keep saying, it's going to go to the editor the first of the month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know if this happens to you, and I've, and I've got, with my outline, of course, is very detailed, and mm -hmm. I still, as I was writing, and this happened with book one, it was very, it was, not very detailed, but you know, I worked, kept working it. But all of a sudden, there's a whole chunk of story that appears that I didn't know was going to be there. So yes, I, all the time. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's and, why and, I, I, tend, I tend to fancy the brief outlines. I mean, mine are three to four pages for about a seventy-five thousand word novel. So for me, it's more of like a roadmap. You know, like if the yeah. GPS tells you to take a right turn. Well, what if you get there and the road's closed because there's a flood? You know, you've got to find another way. Oh, that's a good way. Oh, I want to stop at this gas station and pick up whatever. So, you know, you divert down the other road. So that it, allow, it allows me that flexibility to, well, this story element popped up. So let me shoehorn this in there and move this scene back and rearrange this chapter. And in the end, hopefully it all works out. Yeah. Oh, that's always the hope. <laughs> that it <Right>. makes sense. <laughs> That it makes sense and it holds their interest. But mystery for me, especially, I, I really love mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, um, I just, uh, I don't know. I love them. I don't like, I don't like third person mysteries. I like first person. I want to be, it makes me feel like I'm a little closer to the characters. No, and I, I can hear what's going on in their head too, where you mm -hmm. really can't get that with third person. So you're in what, Maryland? Oh, Maryland, Baltimore. Okay. And Baltimore, yeah, it does. And in fact, I think um, in, I'm reading The Unknown Devil right now, and he just went to go get lunch. 
I'm in the beginning. I was in my doctor's office sitting there uh, going, oh, I can get some pages in before, before, um, before they call me probably. And uh, it was just, it just started getting really interesting. And they call my name, of course. Like, of course. Oh, just a minute, lady. I got to finish reading this chapter. <laughs> Which <laughs> You have to wait for work. them, but they won't wait for you. No, they don't. They don't. So how much do you like, how authentic do you like to be when you're talking about places that are real? And are the places in the books real places or do you make them up? Mostly real. Uh, I do make up a little bit, it's, but it's a mostly authentic version of Baltimore. Um, the mob boss's restaurant, for instance, is made up. That, that does not exist. Little Italy is a real neighborhood and the other restaurants mentioned there like Delanote and Ciparelli and Sabatino's are real. Um, but maybe this was a little presumptive of me, but I was like, well, you know, if these books get popular, I don't want people to say, well, we can't go to Delanote because the mob boss hangs out there. So I just made up a place. Um, and, but for the most part, the, the streets, you know, it's all authentic. And I've had readers say, oh, you know, I've been to Baltimore. I remember this neighborhood. So it's interesting to, to find people, not even from Maryland, who just visited or whatever. Like, oh, I remember that place. And it was in your book. Oh, nice. But, Maybe one day there'll be a C.T. Ferguson location tour, <laughs> a little bus with a picture of him on the side. And they'll go around <laughs> and take people to all the, all the places in the books. I'll like, uh, what is it, Game of Thrones? Happen, but, you yeah. know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, do walking tours. Oh, if it was, if it was, um, I was going to say if it was like ghost tour, they have ghost tours, you know, in different cities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in Baltimore too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He died here and he died there. And, right. and uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, where, where do people, if people want to find your books, where can they find you on in the world out there? Uh, I'm in Kindle Unlimited, which means my eBooks are only on Amazon. Uh, I have paperbacks out. They're also on Amazon. The first book, uh, The Reluctant Detective, is in audio. So you can find that. It's done through ACX. You can find it on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. Uh, working on the second one, um, that's still going on. And hope, at some point, hopefully they'll all be out. But that, that is a process. Yeah, and then you have a mailing list that people can join to follow along? I do, yeah. There's a, in the front and back of every book, there's a, a link to sign up for it. I think the link is um, bit.ly slash hkdangerous. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, everybody. So I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, so I, I was going to look real quick. And that will also get you a copy of Hong Kong Dangerous, which is the prequel novella. I'm sorry, which is what? Uh, that's the prequel novella, Hong Kong Dangerous. That oh, link signs you up for the list and gets you a copy of the book. Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, so you can they can join the mailing list then. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I know there was something else I wanted to ask you. What the heck was it? Oh, so your first murder mystery that you wrote. There was no murder. What was in it? <laughs> you know, I was, I guess I was seven. I think it was second grade, so I'll just go with seven or eight. And... I don't know what inspired me to write it. I mean, my, my mother or my grandparents must have watched some murder mystery or something. I was like, oh, I'll write one of those. Uh, but I was way too polite to kill anyone. Um, and everyone was, you know, Mr. Patrick or Miss Mary, because of course I was seven and these are all adults. So they're Mr. and Miss and all that. Uh, and no one died. Everyone recovered quite nicely in the hospital, in fact. Um, and the killer was apprehended. Uh, I, I've since gotten over that aversion to killing characters there are people who die in the books now it's, i noticed they're, they're yeah. legit murder mysteries people actually die <laughs> which is okay 
Right. Our mystery should have a firm few murders in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Well, when you come out with um another one, or if you come out with a different series, you'll have to come back and sure. um tell us about it because I really, really like CT. I don't know what's what it is about him. You know, he lives with you know, he lives off his parents. He's kind of he's not, you know, the it's not that he's not a nice guy. But he's not gonna go. Doesn't feel like he's gonna go out of his way, right? To be nice. But I think it, in in his heart, he's gonna be a good guy because he doesn't want to take on um, domestic abuse or, or uh, domestic, you know, divorces and things like mm-hmm. that, and getting pictures of of the wife or whatever having an affair. Um, but he does, and he ends up in this. The very first one, he ends up in this um, murder mystery because of it. And then all of a sudden, when it starts to get super dangerous. He goes. He goes ahead and stays anyway mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to leave Alice right. um, to the to the hands of these bad guys. Yes, you know, he steps uh, in at, at his at his core. He's a good person. Um, yeah, it takes a little core. bit of time to realize it maybe in the first book, um, but he does mature and grow up and grow into his job and his role as the series progresses. Yeah, and then you said that the the, the there's a prequel that talks about his hacking days. Yeah, the prequel covers um, his arrest in Hong Kong and his time in the Hong Kong prison, which he's ne- which he's hinted at in the books but never talked about, and his eventual deportation back to the United States. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out because I was kind of curious uh, as he he kind of alludes to it, like you said, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really go into detail, and I don't think I would either if there if I'd been through an experience like that. Right, I just don't want to relive it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why we have the prequel then, so we can, right. we can live it for him. So, <laughs> well, cool, cool, cool. Okay, well, if everybody listening, uh, the the series is C.T. Ferguson Mysteries. Am I leaving out? I, I think they're called the C.T. Ferguson Mystery Novels on Amazon. But okay, yeah, cool. Uh, this is Tom Fowler. And there will be links in the show notes of you to find the books. So I recommend that you, uh, well, if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road because you don't want to, especially in Florida, we have a new anti-texting law. (laughs) They're not um, going to give out tickets until January, but they will give out you, give you a stern warning and they'll give you a little, I heard on the news anyway, they'll give you a little thing to hold your phone on your dash or something. I thought, (laughs) oh, that's really nice of them. Actually, yeah. I think the tickets are only going to be like 30 to 60 bucks, but still. um, And there might be points on your license too. So that's not good. So pull over to the side of the road and uh, click on the links and uh, and you can get a hold of the books. Thanks, Tom, for coming by and chatting today. Thanks for having me. It's been great. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Tom. You will find the links to his books in the show notes. And you will find a link for commenting if you're on the podcast or on YouTube. It's easy. You just comment right there. And uh, that's it. Until next time, don't forget to leave me uh, recommendations on Instagram. That is Instagram.com slash books underscore cubed. It's the little line at the bottom. And uh, if you want to comment on the show, you can find the homepage for the podcast at MelissaBonzak.com slash Books Cube podcast. I think I think that's it. But if you go to melissabonzak.com, you'll find it there in the menu. And it's spelled just like it sounds. M-E-L-I-S-S-A. B is in boy. A is in apple. 
N as in Nancy, C as in cars, Z as in zebra, zebra, A as in apple, K as in kite.com. See, just like it sounds. So I will see you next time. Go read a good book. 